Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you give us the right through Jesus Christ to be called children of the Most High God. And God, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the, what we face each day, that doesn't change that. That doesn't change. It doesn't change the circumstance. It doesn't, it doesn't change when we're winning. It doesn't change when we're losing. But God, it's consistent. Lord, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And with everything that goes with it, I am a child of God. I thank you, God, that we can declare that over our own lives this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. So good. I am a child of God. Well, fantastic. It's a great day to be in church. It's, uh, it's nice to be, to be back up here again. It's like I so appreciate my wonderful wife, Debbie. Uh, she's actually at a conference on, uh, this morning. She's, uh, she was in Virginia Beach to a devoted conference at Wave Church down there. Um, and so that's been fantastic for her. She's been down there for a few days. She comes back tomorrow, which there'll be great rejoicing in the McLean household when she gets back. So that'll be fantastic when that happens. So... You can pray for me that I make it through the next couple days because, yeah, it's not quite that bad. I know how to cook, and so it's, it's all good. But it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I just appreciate her being able to bring three, I mean, on love. And did she not do a fantastic job over the last, yeah, it's like I wish she was here to, to see that. But it's fantastic. I, I love my wife and the fact that, you know, we passed her as a team. Um, you guys got a bonus deal when you, when you got me because you got her and Colin and Julie, and so it's fantastic. So this, we're starting a, a new series, actually, and it's, um, it, it's really a compilation of a lot of things. Easter is coming very quickly, and it's like, Easter? You're talking about Easter already? It's like, yeah, it's coming up very quickly. And what I want to do is over the next period of time between now and Easter, just to be kind of following the life of Jesus from his baptism to his post-resurrection appearance to the disciples. So it's like there's this journey that he was on, and I want us to go on that journey together as a church as we come up to Easter. And, and I believe Easter is just going to be an incredible celebration in the life of the church as we gather together. It's going to be fantastic to celebrate Jesus' resurrection as a, as a church. We've got the Good Friday service here where churches from all over the city are going to be getting together. I believe it's four different locations on Good Friday just to celebrate uh, that. I mean, it, it's an impacting time in the life of of the church, and I'm just believing across the life of the church that, that God, um, I'm believing for God to, to, to add to the church those that are being saved. I'm, I'm believing for salvations across the whole life of the church, whether it be uh, in church on Sunday, whether it be G-Rock, whether it be our kids program downstairs, whether it be even song. There's just like this sense of, of God moving. So that's what I'm believing for. So let's pray together. Let's believe together. Um, let's participate in that and be expecting for God to do great things in our mid as we continue to do that. I recently uh, 
I recently had to get down to the uh, uh, Halifax Regional Police Headquarters uh, to get fingerprinted. And everybody's like, what's up with that? Well, it was part of security protocols that we do here at the church. We do background checks on anybody that's working with vulnerable sector, uh, children in ministry, and so on like that. So we, we, uh, we, we take the safety and the care of our children very, very seriously and how we deal with that and the youth. And so background checks is a part of that. And the reason that I had to have my prints done is because they had the name, but I know that my name is not unique to me, really. It's like they had my birth date, but I share that birth date with others. So, but only I have these fingerprints. They confirm my identity. I am unique. And a lot of you nodded your head and said, that is for sure. Yes, okay? So that's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm well adjusted. I am unique. But identity can mean so much more than just distinction from others. Okay, so the fingerprints were about identity as far as distinction from anywhere else. It can mean the essence of who we are. When we talk about our identity, like we we talk about who we are, it's, it's more than our physical attributes. Those are a part of it. It's what makes us who we are, how we see ourselves, how others see us, our identity. Now, I would, I would say it would be safe to say that all of us have been on a journey of discovery when it comes to our identity, or we've, we've struggled maybe at times with something to do with our identity. It's part of the journey. It's part of maturing. It's part of this figuring out who we are. And, and some maybe as they've asked questions about, you know, who am I, maybe you've come up with more, some more satisfactory answers to that question than others as you kind of work through that. Like, you know, maybe sometimes it's... it's uh, it's a very positive thing and it's very easy to identify yourself. And maybe sometimes it's more of a struggle. And, and there's different ways that we find our identity. I'm going to touch on a few of those before you know, we really get into it. But it's like I want to think about some different things, different ways that we find our identity, this essence of who we are and what defines us. One of those places is where we're from or our ancestry. That, that helps to identify or it affects our identity. In the McLean household, we have this, this saying that's, that's on our wall, that's above our family pictures, and it says, be true to who you are and the fam- family name you bear. So it's be true to who you are and the family name you bear. So it's be true to your identity and the characteristics and the behaviors and what you would expect to go with that. You know, to your true, be true to who you are. And our family name, it stands for something, you know, some we're proud of, some maybe we're not so much, but it's, but it's our ancestry. It's, it's where we're from. And, and that can be, you know, that can also be geographical. The Maritimes, like maybe you're a Maritime, you're from the Maritimes, and being, being from the Maritimes, that can be part of our identity and who we are. Jesus was from Nazareth. And it's interesting, in the, it talks about in the stories where, where Nathaniel, where Jesus was reaching out to Nathaniel, and Nathaniel's reply was, can anything good come out of Nazareth? As in, where you're from, you know, that can affect your identity. It's like saying, can anything good come out of Halifax? And it's like, well, yeah, of course it can. But it's like, you know, like you, but you think about that. It was almost like meant to be a, a bit of a slight there. But there are people here this morning that are from all over the world. Like, they've, they've moved here. This is, this is home, but yet where they're from, there's a great diversity in where we are from. And where we are from can affect our identity. 
Our identity can also be shaped by or affected by what others say about us, what they speak, what we hear, what they know. Too many times, our identity gets forged in the furnace of popular opinion. Mm. And I think that's even exaggerated even more nowadays with, with social media and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff where, where you get this highlight reel of, of people's lives and there starts to be some comparison. But there's, there's things that are said and there's comments that are made. There's, there's different things. And, and, and social media has a way of shaping that and, and pop culture and so many of those things. And as much as we try to resist the influence of the crowd, we have to recognize its power. It tends to be, I'll say, more apparent in young people because we're so formative in that stage and we're still identifying things and it, and it affects us. But we have to realize that, that that's not always the truth that we're hearing. But and yet we have to also recognize its power to change us, to identify us. So we actually have to filter that stuff somewhat. When we think about different people, it's like, yeah, it can be, it can be different people that speak over our lives. What our parents speak over us, or what you as parents speak over your children, both good and bad, affects their identity. What, what different ones, like what a teacher, or a coach, or a pastor, a person of influence, what they speak over us can affect our identity, both good and bad. Our peers, our classmates, our friends, a bully, whoever. What they say about us can affect our identity. Think about labels, sometimes negative labels. Loser, drama queen. They, they, they label us and they, and they begin to affect our identity, both good and bad. It may cause us to question who we are. And if our identity is based solely on the opinion of others, we're destined for a very rough ride through life. Because that's up, down, all over. It's like, all you got to do is the life of Jesus. You know, one minute they're like, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The next sentence is, crucify him, crucify him. I mean, if that's, not an, you know, if that's not an example of the crowd and how fickle it can be and how we have to be careful not to find our identity in that. We can also find our identity in what we do. Right? It's like, it's, it's just, it's so common in our lives, our jobs, our titles, our position. And it's funny because sometimes our accomplishments are a reflection of a strong sense of identity. I mean, sometimes it's like we're able to accomplish something because we're secure. We know who we are, so we can set out and we can push through and do that. But sometimes our accomplishments or our drive to accomplish things is actually a reflection of our need to be recognized or our need to be accepted. You know, we perform to be recognized or valuable or unique. You know, we overcompensate, we try too hard because our identity is wrapped up in what we do. I mean, think about our conversations. You meet someone and it's like, you know, you usually go, you know, you know what's your name? And you exchange names. What's the very next question we almost always ask what do you do? What do you do? You know, it's like we walk up and say, hey, what's your name? Our next question is, what do you do? It has a way of kind of defining us. You know, I'm a pastor or I'm a CEO or, and, we, and sometimes we dress it up. It's like, this, this cracks me up, but it's, it's, it's good. Like sometimes we dress up the title to try to make it sound more impressive, right? You know, I'm going to read these because I'll get, mess them up if I don't. It's like, 
If you work in a school cafeteria, for example, you might be an education center nourishment consultant. Right? Or how about if you work in a call center? You might be known as, or you might describe yourself, hi, my name's Glenn. I'm a frontline consumer support facilitator. Very impressive. You might be a janitor, and you might be known as a sanitary engineer. There's all these different things. And why do we do that? Why, why do we, we come up with these impressive titles? Well, because we want what we do to matter, and we want to matter because of what we do. It's all kind of tied up there together. And it's, it happens in church, too. Like, it's not just in the world. It's not just in our story. It's like, you know, we get caught up in the title. You know, it's like, hi, I'm Glenn. But then, you know, it's like, oh, like maybe, maybe that's not enough. You know, uh, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm Glenn. I'm the pastor. Nice to meet you. It's like, and then it might go a little further than that. It's like, no, hi, hi I'm Glenn. I'm, I'm, the, uh, I'm actually the senior pastor at, at Faith Tabernacle Church. I don't know. Hi, hi there, I'm it's Glenn McLean, lead pastor at Faith Tabernacle Church, one of the, one of the largest churches in the city, the largest PUC church in the city. I'm Glenn McLean. I am the pastor, the lead pastor of, and you see, and we kind of giggle, but it's like, <clears throat> it happens. We do that. We start to find our identity in our title, and the title becomes the most important thing. And, and that's, that's not good because what happens is, if something changes in that, suddenly we're lost. If, if what we do changes, then our foundation is gone. And we suddenly we find ourselves on quickstand because we don't know what to do because we're at a loss. Our identity is shaken. Retirement can be a very hard thing for people sometimes because suddenly what they do or did isn't there. Parents, like, you know, the kids are growing up and they move out. And, and sometimes the identity that was in being a parent, suddenly you're not a parent anymore. And it's like, eh, you know, you're, you're kind of left at in, not at ease because it's a big change. Young people, even, even think about it, transitioning from like middle school to high school or, or graduating from high school. It's like, you know, you're, you're no longer the, the captain of the debate team or, or you know, you're, you're no longer the prom queen or whatever. It's like and suddenly those identities are gone and you find yourself as a little fish in a big pond all of a sudden. And when those transitions happen, it's like, you know, who am I? What is my identity? What do I do? Like, and it's, 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 we struggle with that. We, we, have to, we have to work through those things. I just want to say that in those times, in those times of uncertainty, those times of establishing identity, there is a voice that we should listen to above all others. There's a source of identity that is solid and secure, and we can know who we are in a way that transcends the natural, transcends what other people say, transcends what we do. There is a stability that is available to us that is very, very precious. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Yeah, that was just my introduction. <laughs> You're getting comfortable. Let, let's, um, in a way to honor the reading of God's word, can we stand together? It's just a way to be able to, to, uh, to do that. It actually mentions in the Old Testament when they opened the book of the law, there was this thing where they stood and it went on for hours. It's not going to today. It's a very short passage. It's found in Matthew chapter 3, starting at verse 13. If you want to read along and it'll be up on the screens as well. I'll be reading it from the NIV. Matthew chapter 3, thinking of this idea of identity. 
Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, it's like, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? There's a bit of an identity crisis right there. John the Baptist, that's his title, and it's like, here he is kind of like struggling. He's like, should I baptize you? This is Jesus. But Jesus replied, let it be so. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Yes. Let me pray for you. God, I pray that your word will take root in our hearts, that it will yield good fruit, fruit that will remain. Lord, help us, Lord, this morning. Lord, I pray just as there was a voice from heaven that spoke over Jesus' life, God, I pray that this word would speak over your people this morning and people would receive what you are saying, not what I am saying. And God, may that bring strength, may that bring purpose, may that bring identity, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus goes to be baptized. Something I'll mention. Great time for me to plug something coming up. Uh, after Easter, early or mid, mid-April, about the 15th of April, we want to do uh, another baptism service here at the church. It's an opportunity. You know, as we've just read, you know, it's like it fulfills that righteousness. If you're saved, if you've given your heart to Jesus and you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you. It is a wonderful thing. It's an opportunity for God to speak something over your life. So we're going to be doing that in April, uh, April 15th, and there'll be more information coming up for that. But baptisms. So Jesus, he comes to his cousin John, John the Baptist. That was Jesus' cousin. And John's been baptizing people in the Jordan. So so Jesus comes to him, and it says it's to fulfill all righteousness. It's the proper thing. It's it's, it's what needed to be done. It's what should have been done. So So he does that. So he goes to be baptized. And it would have been a time of transition for Jesus. He was about 30 years old. He, he was soon to begin his ministry. He, he hadn't really, really done much. And so he, he came. It was a bit of a transition for him. He grew up as a carpenter's son, although the identity of his real father was a little bit in question. There was some controversy there. Um, even with Mary, his mother, it seems she got pregnant before they got married. There was even some talk that maybe, you know, they just got married to say, to keep Mary from having to face some disgrace. It was, you know, it was a bit of a controversial situation there where it could have gone very, very badly. Maybe it was just to keep her from judgment. But that day, that day at Jesus' baptism, now whether this was for Jesus' benefit or for the benefit of everyone that was there to witness this and to hear it, There was this moment where God set the record straight. He said, forget the rumors, forget all those other things. It's like, but God set the record straight. And a voice from heaven said, like, like get the impact of this. A voice from heaven spoke and said, this is my son. A voice from heaven, a voice from beyond speaks and said, this is my son. If there were questions about Jesus' identity, this settled it. 
This was a powerful declaration. This was a moment. And as we read further into the story, as we continue through the Gospels, we see that that Jesus' identity is, is questioned, it's challenged, it's tested throughout his life. But in that moment, it was clear. This is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. I mean, those moments of clarity are so precious. Just imagine it for yourself in that moment. I mean, my son here, he's here on the front row. He's a good man. It's like, yeah, thumbs up. He's my son. That's my boy right there. Love you with everything within me, and I'm so proud of who you are. You are the man. That's my boy. In him, I am well pleased. For Jesus, it was a moment. It was a declaration. It was something that was said. And I'm hope, I hope you get this. Jesus hadn't done anything yet. Right? His ministry hadn't started. No miracles. No preaching. No walking on water. He just was. All that he did was went and got baptized by his cousin. In that moment, he hadn't done anything yet. God says, that's my boy. I love him. And I am well pleased with him. It's incredible. I mean, when when life throws it all up in our face, and it will, (laughs) when that happens, when, 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 when you go nose to nose with life and it says, who do you think you are? You step out in faith. And the world challenges that. Like, you know, you, I know who I am. It's like, well, who do you really think you are? Right? We have those moments when we're challenged. I don't care if you're five or whether you're 55. The world will challenge you and ask you, who do you think you are? And it's a powerful thing when we can answer that with confidence and conviction. I know who I am. And it's even more powerful when it's something outside of ourselves or something within ourselves, something that's not dependent on our circumstances. I know who I am. See, I believe that there's something in our makeup that is never fully discovered until we find our identity in Christ. There's something within us, the way we've been wired, the way we've been put together, that when we find that, when we understand who we are in him, it's unshakable. There's a confidence. There's a power. There's an identity that the world doesn't give us and the world can't strip away from us because it's in Christ. See, more important than my title, more important than where I am from, more important than what I say or what I do or don't do, what, more important than what you say about me or anyone else says about me is what God says about me and who he says that I am. There's a stability in that. There's a confidence in that. All that stuff affects who we are. All those different things, our past our present, our history, our ancestors, what other people, that affects us. But it is who God created us to be and who, what he says that has the final word. He has the final word in our lives. He has the final word in our identity. And I love what God's word says about us. <laughs> I love, man, when you start to get into the Bible, it's like just do a word search in him or in Christ and, and start writing that stuff down and start looking at it. And it's like, Really? You know, you start to realize, like, what does God say about me? Who does he say that I am? Do, I really encourage you to do that. Ephesians 2.10. It's a very popular verse. We quote it a lot. 
You know, Ephesians 2.9 is, you know, uh, I'm not even going to go there because I'll get it wrong. Ephesians 2.10. God says, for we are God's workmanship. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We have identity and purpose in Christ. We are God's masterpiece. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for a purpose. We live in a, in a culture that strips us of purpose. Even science sometimes will try to break us down to a bunch of chemical reactions and biological functions devoid of purpose because purpose would point to a creator and we don't want to go there so it was just an accident. <laughs> we have an identity and a purpose in Christ. And, and you might be thinking, well, that, that's great, but I didn't actually hear a voice from heaven when I got baptized that said, this is my son in whom I well pleased. You know, it's like we don't necessarily get that. So, I mean, it'd be kind of cool if it happened, but we don't usually get that. And you know, they might be thinking, well, it's like, I'm, I'm not like Jesus. I'm not Jesus. It's like, I'm not him. Well, actually, you're more like him than you think. And I say that from a place of position, not a place of how we sometimes act. You know, what would Jesus do? Eh, sometimes he wouldn't, but we do. Here's what it says. In John chapter 1, verse 12. I love this. Yet to all. Yet, yet to all. To, to who? To all. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name. He gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. Yet to, yet to all who received him, he gave the right to be children of God. Now that's good news for us. That's good news. That's like Jesus at his baptism before we do anything, when we receive him, when we receive him, we have the right to become the children of God. I am a child of God. How do I know that? Because his word tells me that. Because I have received him. I have believed in his name. I am a child of God. And that's pretty cool. And beyond that, he also gives us his Holy Spirit. It's not just that we get a title or, or, or an acceptance, but we also get his Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 15, or 14 says, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you've received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, Dad. And the Spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are God's children. Hmm. The Spirit in us, we are God's children. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. We are his children. Mm. That's good news. You're a daughter. You're a son. He loves you. With you, he is well pleased. You see, guilt, shame, failure, so many things in life. Because we know there's a standard. 
We know there's a standard. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know we don't meet it. And what the world would throw at us is that, see, are you even really saved? This is my son. This is my daughter whom I love and in whom I am well pleased. There's times when we see what society, culture, people are doing to other people, and sometimes you see it when someone has, is, injustice has happened and someone starts to believe a voice that's not true and therefore they start to live a certain way because they're believing something that's not true. And sometimes we can judge them from the circumstances they're in. And I think there's a moment where God gets up and righteously indignant and would love to get in the face of whatever is happening there or the person that is speaking death over someone and just get in their face and say, that is my daughter, that is my son whom I love and I am well pleased, so back off. There's a sense of like, ugh. Sometimes I wonder if maybe God would like to take a swing. I don't know, sometimes I would. And I know that's not right. It's confessions of a colonel pastor here this morning. Yes, there are times when I'd like to take matters into my own hands. But when we look at his word and what he declares over us, if we can get into the truth of who we are in him and what he says, we can start to filter out that stuff. We can start to realize, no, 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 no. I know who I am. And it's not based on what you say, it's based on what he says. And I found it in his word. It's like a letter to me where he declares that he and I are okay. And if he and I are okay, this other stuff, it'll, we'll work it out. It may take some time, but we'll figure things out. We'll get through it. Not because of what I've done, but because of who I am in him. Yeah, I know, I get a little fired up sometimes, but it's okay. Amen. When we are grounded in our identity in Christ, when we know who we are in him, our calling, our actions, our lives become an outflow of who we are instead of searching for our identity through what we do. It's pretty cool. It's a place to be. And I don't know where you are here this morning. You know, maybe... Maybe where you are from is good, and you're proud of it, and that's okay. But maybe where you're from, maybe you're not so proud of it. Maybe that's something you've been trying to escape from. Maybe that's a life you wish you didn't have behind you. Can I encourage you this morning? Find your identity in him this morning, not in where you're from. Whether it's good or bad. Your identity is in Christ this morning, not in where you are from. Maybe you're here this morning, and you've been labeled by those around you, and your identity is all wrapped up in what others say about you. It's actually gone so far that it has turned you into a people pleaser. And when I say that, you're willing to do whatever it takes to make whoever it is pleased with you, to please them to, to the point where you'll do whatever it takes to impress other people. And in that, you're really not all that proud of what you've become, but it's become this prison that you're in. 
It's like, or maybe it's in the confusion that comes with our very pluralistic and very synchronistic community and culture that we live in, where everything goes and identity is something that's fluid or arbitrary, and you find yourself questioning everything and you find only uncertainty in it. Like, there's, there's nothing, there's no point of reference, there's no. There's no north. There's nothing to, to and, you, and you're floating around. It's like, and you want to be accepted. You want to know who you are, but it's like, it's just so fluid that you're just confused. There's only uncertainty. I want to declare to you today that there's freedom from that. There is a way to know who you are. There is a voice that declares in the midst of the confusion, you are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. In you, I am well pleased. There is an answer. To the question, who am I? You have a new label this morning. Son, daughter, accepted, loved, cherished. And in you, he is well pleased. That's a team to come up as I wrap this up. Maybe this morning, it's like I love this church. It's got such an an ancestry. It's got such a history. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, um, I mean, the church has been here for a long time, and maybe you grew up in this church. Maybe, you know, maybe you cut your teeth on the corner of the old pews. You know, there's, there's teeth marks in some of them because you, you've been here since you were young, and God has blessed you. You know, you, you've, you've established a good foundation. You've built a good home. You've built a good business. You know, you're, you're successful, and things are going your way. You've got a good career. You know, in the midst of that, that all sounds good, and it is good. But there is a very powerful temptation to see that as your identity. There's a temptation to wrap your identity up in those good things. Because those are good things. Other, everybody else applauds you. You know, you're, you're great. You're awesome. You're good. And it's true. And there's a temptation in those moments to see that as who we are. Because, right, we want that to be who we are, right? Those who don't have that want it. Why? Because that's who they want to be, right? And sometimes we look at other people and say, man, they've got it all together. And because they've got it all together, I want to be them. Not because of the things, but because you want the identity. You want people to be proud of you. You want to be, you know. Let's remember this morning to let what we do flow out of who we are. Who we are in Christ and not the other way around. Let's do the right thing, not to gain approval, but from a place of approval. See the subtlety there? It's, it's, it's like we still do the same thing. It's just a different motivation. It's just a different place to be. See, who we are and who we're called to be in Christ is actually bigger than what we can accomplish in our lifetime. Who God has called us to be is actually more of an impact on our world than what we do. What we do will flow out of that, but who we are in Christ is so much bigger. In him, we live and breathe and move and have our being. In him, in Christ, in him. And that's a powerful thing. And in just a few minutes, we're actually going to go into communion and that's, that's a time to, to connect with God and to, to understand. And John's going to lead us in that in just a few minutes. But there's, there's, there's a place I want to go before I, we go to the communion table. 
And that's in this area of to those who believed in him, to those who called on his name, he, became, he gave it the right to become the children of God. So just because we have that right doesn't mean we've actually exercised that right. And you might be here this morning and you're thinking, well, this is all good. You know, you're getting all excited about something that means nothing to me because, I mean, I, I've heard about God. I've, I've kind of explored this somewhat. It's like I've been, I've been trying to figure this out, but it's like you're, what you're describing is not me. My identity isn't in him. It's, it's in what I do. It's, it's in those things that I described. And you're here this morning and you're going like, sounds like a good theory, Pastor, but, but I don't know. Can I just say that this morning you can know? And, and I want to encourage you, if you're on a journey, a spiritual journey, like you're here and you're, you're trying to figure out who Jesus is and who you are in him, that's okay. I applaud you. Like that, we, we commit to journey with you. We will walk with you. You belong. You are here. You are welcome. You are a part of what's happening here. Walk with us. Discover along the way. God, if you go after God, he's right there for you. But maybe you're here this morning and you realize you're at that point. It's like, I got to know. The questions, I can't sleep at night. It's like, I've got to know. I've got to know. I've got to know. Why not make today your day? Because I believe that, that God reveals himself to those who seek him. I believe that when people cry out to God, he answers. I believe when we reach out to him, man, he has reached out to us before. And so I want to invite you. I mean, it would be my privilege to pray with you even today to receive him, to believe on his name and hear him speak over you. This is my son. This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. I love them. I love you. Can we, can we stand together? I just want I don't want to pray. I want to pray for some people this morning. And we're going to go into communion and it's going to be awesome. But before we do that, can we just close our eyes for a moment as you reflect on this message, you reflect on who you are, where your identity is rooted, and even to this question, this very very real question that I'm asking, is there anyone here that would like to receive Jesus Christ this morning? It's not really all that complicated, although it is profound. Receiving Christ is just this moment when we acknowledge that we are lost without a Savior, that we can't do it ourselves, that there's this, this point of we can only go so far to where we need to humble ourselves and realize I can't fix myself. And then from there we recognize, okay, I need help, I need to be saved. And then we recognize that that salvation comes in what Jesus did for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. Because Jesus came, and what he really did on the cross that we celebrated communion is he took our place. He paid our price. He brought healing to us through his desire, his willingness to die for us. He did that for you this morning. He did that for me this morning. And it's as simple as praying, like, Lord, I recognize that, and I ask you to come and save me. So... Can we just have our eyes closed for just a moment? Saints, be praying. And you're here this morning and you're like, all right, I've kind of, I've, I've searched this out long enough. Today's my day. Is there anyone here that would signify by raising a hand that you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today? And just pray that prayer with me 
we can pray it together before we go into communion. Is there anyone? Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm just believing that between now and Easter, I'm speaking it. That across the life of our church, we're going to see people getting saved. That it's going to happen. And I'm going to keep asking. <laughs> and I'm going to keep believing. <laughs> and I believe we're going to see it in our midst. And we're going to celebrate it like nobody's business. We're going to celebrate it like all heaven rejoices. We're going to celebrate it as a church because that's what makes heaven party is when somebody comes to him. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can find our identity in you. I thank you, God, that, Lord, I am a son of God. I thank you, God, that, there, that we can declare, I am a son, I am a daughter, I am a child of God. And, Lord, we can take that to the bank because that's secure. That's not based on opinion. That's not based on circumstances. That's based on what you did for me. That's based on what you've done for us. God, you've transformed us. You call us your own. You bridged the gap. You came to us, and you declare us your children. You declare us loved. You declare us accepted in Jesus' name. God, may we walk in not, not in pride but in confidence with our head held high, knowing that we are a son and a daughter of God in the midst of chaos. And Lord, be glorified through our lives, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.